0: welcome to the fit 40 podcast where we take all the confusing conflicting fitness and nutrition information and break it down so that you can live your healthiest strongest most energized life i'm your host brian fitzsimmons let's get it started hello welcome back today we got a fun one planned um i actually asked one of the questions in our Fit40 family group, what is the hardest part about dieting, and I got some incredible answers, and I'm like, hey, I'm just going to make a podcast out of this because these are incredible topics I want to go over in detail because one of those things that you miss on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook Reels, it's a minute long. You really don't, don't get any explanation, and in the nutrition and fitness space, that's horrible. That's why I'm adding in an extra one of these podcasts each week because the most value you can possibly get is from somebody talking and explaining and giving you the nuances. So for that reason, I'm going to go all in on these topics, my top three that I chose. But before we go there, I want to make sure that I give you something other than fitness and nutrition, and that is the recommendation for the week. Now with this past week, I'm not going to lie. I was really, really busy and it kind of stuck to my go-to's, but I'm not sure if I brought it up last time or maybe the one before, but Godfather of Harlem is Incredible, I love it. Forrest Whitaker's in it. There's, it's basically about that timeline when Martin Luther King, uh, Malcolm X, uh, Reverend Powell, they were all like in the civil rights movement, doing their thing, and kind of the background and the over dramatized, over, I guess they they take a lot of liberties when telling the story, but for the most part, it does. The backbone of the script is things that actually did happen. So it's kind of cool seeing what's going on on the screen and then what actually happened in real life. And the way that they tell it is just really, really good. I will say, if you have a uh, sensitive stomach, if you're not the type that likes the very dramatic, nitty-gritty, like real type of film, and you want something mindless and lighthearted, it's not for you. But if you like, say... Game of Thrones, or uh, I'm trying to think of another one, The Wire, or The Sopranos. It's kind of in that wheelhouse of how uh, there's no nice way to put it. They put some stuff in there that you kind of cringe and you look away, but you really can't. So that being said, it's a very well told story. So I highly recommend uh, Godfather of Harlem if you have the chance. It's on Hulu, and It's worth paying that three extra bucks not to have the ads in there. Nothing worse than when you're really into a series or into whatever show you're watching and boom, you hit the exact, like last week we had the exact same ad six times in a row for a minute and a half or two minutes and I'm like, how the hell does this happen, number one, and number two, how much is it to get rid of this thing, so it's always worth it to pay the little bit extra so you don't have to deal with those ads. I'm just waiting for the day when ads in between TV shows and stuff are obliterated because nobody actually likes them. I know of me personally, I am turned off when I see an ad that interrupts viewing. I'm like, if you want me to hate a product, do that. <laughs> but that's my spiel on that. I'll cut it off before I go too far. Now let's get into the top three Things that people have trouble with their diet. These are my top three. There's plenty more in that thread, and I'm probably gonna come back to it and do a part two or possibly a part three. But here's my three that I thought would make for really good talking points. And the first one is how to get variety with different healthy foods. Second one is what to do when you're the only one in the house that's dieting. And then the third is how to cut out sugar completely. Now, First one is how to find variety. When it comes to healthy foods, it can be a little bit daunting trying to get variety in there because when we think healthy foods, it's like, well, I got my chicken breast, I got my vegetables, and uh, for healthy fats, I'll do like olive oil or avocado. And it's like, that's it. And that kind of sucks because nobody can stick to just eating that all the time. So for that purpose, we want to start when we're thinking about our meals, we wanna start thinking, all right, what? where do I start? And the best place to start is protein. And I've got a full list of these. If anybody listening wants the full suggested foods list I send to my clients, I'm happy to send it your way. But there's multiple protein sources on there that we could choose from. It could be lean, again, that lean chicken. It could be lean pork, like uh, pork tenderloin or something like that. It could be lean beef, something in that 90% or higher range turkey, bison, fish, anything like that, and we already have five, six, seven dish options there. And that's not even covering things like breakfast where you could have eggs or a protein shake or yogurt. There's a bunch of different stuff we could do with that. Now, once you've figured that out, then let's figure out the vegetables. I like doing from a variety standpoint. Day-to-day is overwhelming and nobody can really stick to that. I try and stick to like weekly rotations where it's like you do your grocery haul, you have like a very similar lunch for most of the week, and then dinner can be a little bit different, and then breakfast is a pretty consistent meal for most people that are on it. So, when you're going to meal prep, pick like one or two proteins, so like chicken and I wouldn't do fish because nobody likes that coworker that heats up fish in the microwave. So, please don't tell anybody you got that idea from here. I would save the fish for dinner. So, when it comes to uh lunchtime, I would say get like chicken and beef or bison or anything that I just mentioned where it's easy to heat it up, it doesn't turn to complete mush, it doesn't stink up the place, and it's a solid one. Another thing you could do when it comes to lunch is getting stuff that, again, is microwavable. Like, if you want a cup of rice, sometimes when you reheat rice, it comes out kinda funky. Doing those minute cups of rice can help with that. Or if you have a potato, for example, preheat it before you bring it in because sometimes potatoes take forever to cook. So heat it up most of the way like night before or not night before, but whenever you have the chance, you can do it night before and then reheat it the next day. So you soften it up a little bit Um, or you could do something like a wrap where you don't need to heat up anything if you don't want to and you just wrap it all up and you have it ready to go and you don't have to heat anything in the microwave or anything like that and then when it comes to dinner time, you can get a little bit fancy. If you have like an hour or 30 minutes where you can crank out something that you saw on Instagram or you saw it on Facebook and you want to give it a try, that's the time to do it. Or if you're like a lot of my clients who are super duper busy, have kids or just don't have the time to get it done, meal prepping for dinner time does help a lot. Just having your proteins ready to go, like cooking up all of the protein on one day, like a meal prep, just cook up all the chicken, all the turkey, all the beef, and have it ready. And then when you have the carbs and the vegetables ready to go, those take like two seconds to cook. So you're pretty good there. Now back to the variety, we're getting into the logistics of it all and figuring out how. But when it comes to the variety and getting that different taste, different texture, play around with things like sauces and seasonings, because let's be honest, you're gonna always come back to, if you're hitting a protein goal, if you're trying to stay low calorie and you're doing it right, you're gonna come back to the same sources of protein. It's gonna be chicken, it's gonna be beef, it's gonna be fish. Now, if we're using the same seasonings all the time, It's going to be boring. But if, say, you do like an Asian seasoning one night or a Italian seasoning another night, Mexican the next night, you can have the exact same ingredients but have a totally different flavor profile for like four, five, six nights. Another thing that you can do is play around with the vegetables. A lot of people just don't like veggies in general, but it's usually because they don't like the core vegetables that we grew up with as kids, like broccoli, corn, Brussels sprouts. So now's a good time to test out ones that you've never had before and learn how to cook them correctly, and that provides a little bit of variety in there too. And same with the fats. If you haven't tested out, say, Nuts in a salad, like give walnuts a try one week and then almonds a try the next week. I had no idea nuts fit into a salad and made it taste delicious, but it does. Little stuff like that, little add-ons that are going to help you stick to your goals and help you achieve what you want to achieve can help tremendously. And then worst comes to worst, sometimes one of the best things I've done in the past to help keep myself on track and give myself a little bit of variety too is have frozen meals ready to go, whether that's like something really good like trifecta meals or any of those pre made uh services where they just deliver it to your door in like a freezer box, that would be great. But if you don't have the money for that, going to the local ShopRite or AMP, or I don't even know if those are still a store, but if you go there and check out some of the lean cuisines or the paleo chef or whatever just check the labels if you can find something that's around that 500 calorie mark and it's got at least like 20 grams of protein in there then it's probably a good one and then you can play around and see if you actually enjoy it like if it's a quality one that doesn't taste like crap it doesn't get all soggy or taste like a salt bomb then that's a good one so i hope that those gave you some options some ideas on how to spice up what you're doing give you a little bit of uh Of uh, variety in your dishes. And oh, almost forgot one last thing that can help with that is also playing around with the way that you cook. So one week doing oven recipes, the next air fryer recipes, the next microwave or pan fry, that's another way to do it too. And you can see the difference because when you go from say a pan where you're putting a bunch of oil in it, it can save you a ton of calories to switch over to the air fryer and you realize it's be- it's the same if not better in an air fryer and you can set it and forget it. Like I'm falling in love with the air fryer more each week so highly recommend doing that if you have an air fryer or something similar. But that's pretty much it as far as variety goes. Just disclaimer, when you are dieting and when you really get into the rhythm of it, to be honest, Most of us only really rotate between like 7 to 10 meals if we're being completely honest. Like most of us don't need anywhere near the variety that we think we do. It's really just enough to give us a break for like a day or two and then we're right back on the meals that we truly do enjoy. So if you can figure out those like 7 to 10 meals between lunch and dinner and – for breakfast maybe have like one or two different options so if you're sick of eggs have a protein shake recipe or the mighty muffins that i've brought up in the group i don't know how many times just to break it up sometimes and then when you get back to all reliable you're coming at it with a fresh palate now next so yeah that was variety and thank you stephanie for that question i want to give a shout out to everybody who asked because these are really really good topics so stephanie awesome job thank you for that Next, we have one from Davina, which is only one in the house on a diet. Now, this one goes out to all the moms that are busting their butt, trying to get the job done, and their kids are constantly bringing junk food home, or you're always having to go get them junk food because they won't get off your case about like, I'm not on a diet, I want to eat what I want. Or if your husband is doing that too, where it's like, All he has to do is cut out the booze for a week and he loses 10 pounds and he's like, well, it's good enough for me. I don't have to work on my food. So this is for all the people that are in that situation. The easiest way to do it when you're the only one in the house on a diet is this is like a really good case for uh, calorie counting because... If you have a calorie budget and you can figure out exactly how many calories are in whatever it is that you're cooking, then you could just portion it out and say, well, I've got five, 600 calories for this meal. I'll just figure out five, 600 calories out of that because then you can control for lunch and breakfast usually. So if you got two out of three meals taken care of and at dinner time you need a little flexibility, that's the easiest way to do it. Now, let's say you're not counting calories and you just want to improve the quality of whatever it is that you're cooking. So let's take, I don't know, burgers, for example. If you're cooking burgers, then what you can do is say your husband or your kids love the 80-20 ones. Now, you'll be hard-pressed to find anybody that could eat 80-20 patties who's not on keto, who's trying to stick to a calorie budget and get enough protein that can manage that. So you could cook their 80-20 and then have some like 93-7 Laura's ground beef in the fridge ready to go for mom. So that's one way that you just swap in and out. Another thing is when it comes to say carbohydrates, for example, like say they want fries or they want some sort of uh, pasta or something like that, you could have whatever the other thing is, just put salad underneath it. So if you have say, I don't know, we'll go with the pasta dish. Let's say you have a chicken and a sauce and pasta. Just remove the pasta, put the chicken and the sauce over a salad. Or if you want, you could swap the pasta for some sort of like cauliflower rice or something like that if you prefer that. Personally, I don't. I'd rather just go salad because the cauliflower is kind of, but some people like it. That's one way to do it too. Um another way that you could do it is like Davina said in her comment is just cooking a second dinner, like having a meal prep dinner ready to go. That's a lot of work, but it is ideal because then you can control for everything that you're eating. But that's pretty much what the first things that come to mind are. Um and then if you're eating out, that's ideal because then you could just order whatever the heck you want and then get them whatever they want. Uh, but if if you're cooking, those are like to backtrack a little bit, swapping for salad, uh, making sure that you can cook your own if possible. And what was the third one? I'm already losing. I'm losing my place. <laughs> the uh, yeah, so I'm sorry, guys, I'm having a brain fart here. But those are the big ones that come to mind as far as how to how to diet for yourself. Because I know I've totally been that kid where my mom's like, we're going to eat healthy this week. And me and my brother would be like, and I get it. It's, it's really tough on all ends. If no, if everybody's not all in, but it can help eventually to get to a place where everybody kind of looks forward to the healthier options. If you can find really good recipes, that would be a, perfect situation because then you can cook really nutritious food have your family love it and then not have to worry and then another thing that you could do also is like you can mix up and substitute healthier versions of whatever they're eating so like again like that burger example uh, or if they want fries you have a regular potato or if they want chick like Chinese food where they have chicken fried rice that's got tons of oil in it. You just make your own white rice to put on your food instead and that'll save you an easy 100-200 calories. Little swaps here and there make life so much easier. So I hope that one of those you like you heard and you're like, "Okay, yeah, I could do that." And if you are still at a loss, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to talk about it. That's what the Fix My Diet calls are for. We just hop on and say, "What's going on?" What what can I help with? And we'll talk a little bit more in detail and brainstorm for a little more of your, spe- Sorry, your specific situation. i got my Diet Coke here and it's giving me those little burps, so I'm not trying to gross you guys out while listening. Now, last but not least, Lauren asked a really good question saying that she had, well, it wasn't really a question, it was just saying like, hey, I struggle to not eat sugar and When it comes to this specific topic, I saved this one for last because it's a very important thing to give a lot of nuance and a lot of context. Now, when it comes to sugar, unless you're diabetic, you have no reason to avoid it flat out because at the end of the day, sugar is a carbohydrate. It's going to break down the exact same way in your body and be put in the exact same place as any other carbohydrate. Now it'll do it faster it's not going to leave you as full and it's not going to come with the benefits of things like fiber and everything else that comes with the micronutrient dense options that are not high in sugar and on top of that usually when we blame sugar it's actually really high fat foods so things like cookies for example i can't get enough of cookies i'll be honest i love cookies but let's be honest, there's a stick of butter in there too. It's not just the sugar, it's not just those chocolate chips, it's a lot of butter. Or another one for sugar is chocolate, for example. That also has a high fat content, especially when you get further and further away from the high percentage cocoa. When you start getting into like that milk chocolate range, that is a lot more fat in it too. Another thing that people have trouble with when it comes to sweets is like cake, cupcakes, uh, trying to think of what else. The only thing that's like really pure sugar is like pixie sticks. And I have yet to meet a mom 40 plus who's like, I'm just addicted to pixie sticks (laughs) because when it comes to sugar, it's usually not just sugar. It's everything else. And it's because it's super calorically dense. And that being said, that's a case for tracking your calories for if not a week, try for like a month and just see what certain foods are actually the super high calorie ones and swap those out for something that are a little bit more micronutrient dense and lower on the calories. So if we're talking about, say, the chocolate, for example, if you are having a hankering for chocolate, instead of that super sweet crap that they peddle to kids that is extremely high in sugar, for example, and also high in fat, go for the super bitter cocoa, the dark chocolate that is enough to scratch the itch, but there's no way that you can pound a whole bag of it because of the bitterness and because it's real dark chocolate. So that's like when you hear people say, you might as well just eat the real thing. In that case, yes. Get it as close to like 80 90% cocoa if you can. Now, a lot of people who quote-unquote crave chocolate are like, ooh, I can't eat that, but it's chocolate, right? It all comes down to figuring out swaps that work or like, let's say cupcakes, for example. I don't think anybody really has them on tap at home, but if you are at a party or something where cake is available and you just can't say no, that's totally fine. You're allowed to have cake every once in a while. It's not going to be harmful to your health if it's a once in a time thing. It's, As long as 80% of our food choices are high quality, we're fine. But let's say you have a problem with like binging on them where you're like grabbing way more than just one or two. You're like really going to town because you're like this is the last time I'm going to be around these foods. Pause and back up and let's use something like something structured where we could keep our portions in check and make sure we're staying to the plan and we're not just having an all out binge. One of my favorites for when we're in that situation is the one plate rule. So you take a standard size plate, you put whatever you want on it, ideally we wanna get protein and some sort of vegetable on there first and then put all the stuff we would love to have around it and then save some, uh, sorry, (laughs) lose my words here, save some space for that cupcake on the plate. If it fits, you can have it. If it doesn't, don't have it. And that way we have some sort of a structure going into this and we can keep ourselves good on the portion sizes. Because at the end of the day, sugar is not bad for you in the right amount. When it comes to these people that are saying, oh, these things are inherently bad for you, they're just straight up bad, there's no need for any of it, are just idiots because at the end of the day, the danger is in the dosage. If the dosage is too high, that's where the negative effects come from. And that applies to everything. You can have too much water and drown. You can have too much oxygen and put yourself in the hospital. You can have too much of anything and it can be bad. Now it all comes down to how much you're having and if it fits in the overall plan. And if you can fit a little bit of sugar in there and it helps you stay consistent, you're gonna be way better off and you're gonna get much better results including sugar than avoiding it completely and doing some crazy binge every once in a while where you pretty much go back to square one. So if I was gonna end this with anything, Don't avoid the sugar just because you hear people say sugar's bad, sugar's bad, especially if you hear somebody say that it's bad to eat fruit because of sugar. That is a big red flag. They know absolutely nothing about nutrition and they're trying to peddle you some sort of a program that is bullshit. So don't avoid the sugar it has a place everything has a place in your diet plan as long as the numbers make sense as long as you're feeling good your performance in the gym is good your sleep is improving you have energy throughout the day those are the guiding factors not okay i gotta just stop eating sugar find a way to make everything work and hit the right numbers and feel really good and you are good to go so i hope that everybody found this helpful Um, I'd love to know if you found, if any of this stuff resonated with you, make sure if it did just take a screenshot right now, tag it on Instagram, Facebook, let me know you liked it. And I'd love to know, um, if, if you guys are picking up what I'm putting down (laughs) between all my rambling and stuttering. So thank you in advance. I hope that I get to talk to a few of you, from tagging this and until next time, have a great week. Um, I'm going to end this with a little bit different of a sign off because I feel like it's required. I just, I keep thinking this stuff every week. So from now on, it's going to be re-rack your weights, put, put your grocery carts away and better beats perfect. So we'll leave it on that. See you later guys thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and you're a new listener, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss another episode. And if you're a returning listener, I would love your feedback. If you could take two seconds to just leave a quick review on iTunes or Spotify and rate the show, that would be greatly appreciated. So thank you in advance and have a great rest of your week.